But uh, for all of those of us who want to get out and solve all the problems in the garden, David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery is here to answer those questions on 49216216. Hello, David. Good afternoon, Phil, and good afternoon, everyone else. Yes, um, it's been a good morning and not a bad yep. weekend, but um, yeah, the, the showers and the storms mm. back. So, And apparently we have one this morning that just about everybody I've spoken to slept yes. through. Yeah. Yes, I heard it, Phil, I heard it. Did you? Yes, yes I all did. All right, well. It's good to know that you're keeping an eye on those sorts of things for us, David. Uh, not as bad as it's, it sounded uh, in Sydney, That's according right. we, to what we, we heard on the news. We don't need there. those sorts of storms. No, no. But, um, yeah, I managed to get a bit done, bit done in the garden over the weekend. And uh, how are things at the nursery? Oh, good. Mm. Uh, really good because, I mean, we had a decent weekend once again. So that was really mm. good and that's what brings people out. Well, let's face it, I mean, really, it's not terribly hot so we can still get out and do yeah, things in exactly. the garden it's probably a bit humid but um certainly everything's growing so we've got to get out there and um, keep things under control even just keeping the weeds under yes. control uh, <laughs> certainly in my garden uh, the oxalis and the the flat weeds oh and, yes um oh, and i've had another eruption of of rust on oh my, yes on yes. my on my uh geraldton waxes and uh but <laughs> Yep, if I can get it them through. It never ends, Phil. If, well, I figure if I can get them through February, once we get into the cooler mm. weather, um, then I can start building again, just yes. working with what I've got and planting new stuff, which is what I enjoy about gardening. Mm-hmm. There's always something to do. I'll just give you the number again, 49216216, anything you need to ask David, 49216216, through till uh, half past one. And um, we're all having problems in the garden David's got the answers, I think. I hope so. We'll just give it a blanket statement yeah. just like that, David. <laughs> uh, everybody who rings up, of course, um, can go in the drawer for 2NURFM's Gardening Walkback, where David comes around to your place and has a look at your garden, gives you some advice right there and then. I mean, you can do a lot on the phone, can't mm, you, David? You but can. You, 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 you do your best work, I think, when you're there looking yes, at the plants exactly. and the soil and the conditions and all that kind of thing. So one person a month chosen from amongst our callers, and David goes around. There, um, everyone who rings up today, of course, goes in the draw to win these beautiful things that David's brought in—the useful things and a lovely native plant. One of my favourites, David. You've got here. It is nice, and it's very, very bright to this particular. It one. is. It's yes. like sunshine in the it studio, is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that sounds like the name of a song. I'll work on that. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a Bracteantha in here today, or a straw flower, and these flowers are quite remarkable because they come out and you would swear they were paper and in actual fact if you do touch them they feel like paper because um, it, it's just an incredible little flower. Now this little plant loves a good sunny spot in the garden it likes to be kept a little bit on the dry side because if it gets too wet and stays wet for any length of time the flowers just go very brown and squashy and horrible. So it, and I think they close up on they rainy do, days. They do, yes they <laughs> do so and when they close up of course they just go brown and rot away yeah. to nothing so that's why they like it nice and dry and sunny so if we can possibly find a position like that uh, at the moment you're doing very well yes uh- <laughs> So, Perhaps in under the eaves yes, or something. Yes, that's like. right. <laughs> so as I said, it's very bright yellow, and of course it's in a very bright yellow pot as well, which makes it look even better. So that's the plan I'm giving away today. As well as that, I've got um, a grow-at-home kit. Now this consists of a bag of seed-raising mixture, some seeds, a tray to grow them into, and culture notes. So this is a good little pack. As well as I've got a box of the plant food, the soluble plant food, to give to one of our lucky callers at the end of the program. 
And it's just as well you mentioned that, David, because people do have to be listening yes, at the end do. of the program to see whether or not you've been the lucky person. Because last week's obviously wasn't listening. Oh, right. Because it wasn't picked up. They so. missed out. Yes, they okay. did. So you need to be listening at the end of the show. David chooses you personally. Um, with his own little pen and, and <laughs> writes the name down. So uh, you need to be listening at the end of the program. Okay. So just to, just one other thing yep. before we go to Callersville. We had mm. a call last week about a wolfberry. I remember, yeah. yes. Well, yeah. it actually is the gojo berry. That's the same or, thing. Yes, it's it? exactly mm. the same thing, only with a different name. So I just thought I'd clarify that for this week. Okay. Well, that's good. And it's good to know that you're on top of the homework mm-hmm. there, David, too. <laughs> Okay, um, let's go to the call, shall okay. we? Okay, Peggy from Warners Bay on the line now. Hello, Peggy. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. That's good. I just got a silly little, probably probably a silly little question. We're trying to grow, um, yeah, I've forgotten what they are, frangipanis. Mm-hmm. We've got some out in the front and some one in the back. Now, the one in the back, we've, we've got it from, from a cutting. The one in the back has got really beautiful green leaves and looking like it's flourishing. The two out the front... Um, just, I mean, they're growing, but they're not, they haven't got the colour. I've put sea sole on them. Are they supposed to get a lot of water, a little bit of water? Are they supposed to be in shade or sun? Or what, okay. what are we doing wrong? All right. Well, with the frangipanis, you'll find that they are a sun lover, so they do need as much sun as possible. Okay. So you, and they also like it nice and dry. So obviously sometimes if it, they're in a position that gets a little bit too wet, that may be affecting the front ones that you've got. If it's okay. just because we have had a lot of rain, it will yes, affect yes. a lot of our tropical things very badly. Mm-hmm. So I would just bear with it. Certainly the sea sole, that will help promote the root system for you. Right. Um, but yes, you wouldn't need to do much more because they're nearly ready to start to lose their foliage for the winter months now and go into, into their dormant period. And then they should shoot away again for you in the spring. Okay. Yeah, it's just that when we look around, everyone's got flowers. We haven't had any flowers at all. Now, be patient because, I mean, they're only cuttings. They're only probably their first-year cuttings, are they? So just be a little patient there with those. So you'll probably find you may get flowers next year when they're a little bit more established. Okay. All right. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Peggy. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Peggy. To Caves Beach next and uh, Mona, I'm sorry, is on the line. Hello, Mona. Hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Could you please help me with an azalea problem? Mm-hmm. Um, they are very old, but they're very healthy normally. I used to always spray them. They look quite rusty with Roga 40. Yes. Uh, kept them clean, kept all this white butterfly away. Now, particularly down the front of the home, they are very, very rusty. When you break a branch, it's as green as anything, so it's still very much alive. What can I use to spray them? Okay, look, I've seen this happen quite a bit, particularly with old varieties of azaleas, and sometimes you'll find that they will tend to be of an age where they are just starting to slowly give up. This may be the reason for yours doing that, particularly when you said they are quite an age. They're about Uh, 40 years old. Yeah, that's quite an age for an azalea, for any plant for that matter. So it may be the case where they are just getting a little bit too old and just slowly dying. But certainly the, um, the, the browning on 
the leaves or that really, uh, you know, the green looks like they've just been drawn right out of them is often red spider. We've had a lot of red spider around this year because of the high humidity. Yes. Certainly with Roger, I mean, it's no longer sometimes listed as Roger these days. It's now under a different name of insect and mite killer. So that's possibly why you haven't seen it around. Okay. So look for that one because that's the same product that just with a different wording nowadays. Yes. And that's still probably one of the better ones that you can use for the red spider on the azaleas. Thank you very much. Just Thank make you. just make sure, Mona, when you are spraying this product, that you not only spray the top of the foliage, that you try and get up underneath the foliage as well, because that's actually where the insect is. Yes, they, they're uh, still very quite dense. I mean, you can't see the stalks or mm. branches of them. They're very dense. Some of them are about six foot tall, mm-hmm. back of the house. So I'd hate to lose them at this stage. Yes, but, I think. Um, Possibly, um, you know, just just to continue keeping the feed up to them as much as you can, just to keep them healthy. But, I mean, that's a, that's a fair age for an azalea, so I would quite expect that, that sometimes sections to be starting to die out from them now. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. You, you keep that um, insect and mite killer in your store? We certainly do, yes. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Bye-bye Bye. now. Thank you very much, Mona. Uh, to Faye from Caves Beach now. Hello, Faye. Look, I just wanted to know, is it um, the appropriate time that I could prune a bit off my gardenia? Uh, you would, what do you mean? It's growing beautifully, but I just want it to be a bit smaller. Okay. Well, I certainly... Certainly with gardenias, they, they will be in their summer flowering at the moment or the end of the summer flowering. Yes. So if they're finished, certainly you can give it a light trim back. But as I always say with gardenias, this time of the year, just lightly trim them. Your main pruning with, those, uh, with um, gardenias is in spring after their, their flush of flowers. So oh, that's right. when you prune them back very hard after their spring flowering. But this, this, this time of the year, if you possibly can, Faye, just trim them so that you're pruning them into some sort of neat shape. Don't heavily prune them if you can avoid that. Okay, great. That's fine. And um, the same would go for a lemon? Uh, with a lemon, yes. The main time that we prune lemons severely is in the early parts of spring so that you've got the rest of the season for it to grow back in. Once again, yes, just trimming it to put it into some sort of reasonable shape to carry it through the winter months. Okay. Well, thank you very much and I enjoy your show and keep your good work up. Oh, thank you very much. that we can call her <laughs> in and get a little bit of advice from you. Thanks, Faye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes, thank you, Faye. Um, next caller is Rosemary from Corlett. Hello, Rosemary. Oh, hi, David. Um, I won't hold you up for too long, but it's you right. remember me ringing you whenever it was and telling you I'd fallen over in the courtyard and broken off, a, snapped off a branch of my dichorosandra. I can remember that, yes. Blue ginger. Yes. Well, I, I put it flat across some lovely soil, mm. and it's shooting from the node. Oh, okay. You don't, it must seem that you don't plant them upright, mm. as you, one would think, but they go sideways. That's right, because we do that with ordinary ginger as well. You, oh, when, do you? Yes. So when you, if you say, for example, you wanted to grow some eating ginger, you yes. just lay them flat on the ground like that, just push them slightly into the soil, and that's where they start growing. So obviously um, it, it applies to the flowering gingers as well. Oh, so, so that's great. Spent, when the flower's spent, you can cut the bracket off and do that. Yes, yes. Oh, beautiful. 
Thank you. All right. Yes, thanks, David. My pleasure, Rosemary. Listen, if anyone wants some um, in a month or two when they're finished, yes, or if earlier, if they ring you for my phone number, I can give them some. All right, well, that's fine. So we'll say in about a month's time that you'll have some gingers available. All right. Well, that's great. All right. Thank you very much, Rosemary. Okay. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you, Rosemary. Yeah, in the Australian Plant Society, we've um, been reproducing a a tropical orchid. Oh, yes. Doing doing the same thing. Uh, You cut off the flowering stem, just lay it in. Right. Uh, Wet potting mix, I think, we've used, and um, and it's shot again from from the nose. Interesting. Yeah, it must be a tropical thing, Mm. maybe, yeah. Okay, uh, 49216216 is the number with Gardening Talk back here on 2NURFM 103.7. David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery doing the honours. And on the line, we've got Tony from Fern Bay. Hello, Tony. Hello, David. Um, I've got a problem with Sir Walter yes. grass. I live at Bayway Village. Mm-hmm. I put this down eight years ago, and it's, it's gone beautifully for the last two years. It's starting to die off. Mm-hmm. I've uh, sprayed it for uh, crickets and army grubs and that sort of thing, but it just seems to be dying. Okay. I've fed the hell out of it okay. with Shirley's. I think you'll probably find, Tony, particularly the way the weather has been, there will be a fungal disease in it because it's something that you don't actually see unless you get right down very, very close to the grass. And when you do this, you'll often find on the blades of the grass there'll be like little flecks, like little pencil flecks all over the leaf. And this is actually a fungal spore that actually runs through the grass. And it only means that even when you're walking on the grass, you're transferring fungal disease from one area to the other because it's only a very, very fine powdery substance. So I would suggest probably you get hold of some mancozeb and then just mix that up according to directions and spray that over your entire lawn and make sure you try and repeat that again in 14 days' time because certainly I would say it would be fungal rather than an insect attack on your grass. Mancozeb. Mancozeb, yes. M-A-N-G-A-S-E. No, M-A-N-C-O. C-O. Z-E-B. Z-E-B. Yes. Z-E-B. Magazine. All right. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. You're welcome, Tony. Bye-bye right. now. Thank you, Tony. Um, next on the line, it's Greg from Wall's End. Hello, Greg. How are you going, Dave? Good, thank you. Just a question, mate. I've got a tree fern. It's about four and a half metres high, and it's uh, impeding on my neighbour's cutter. Do you mm-hmm. want me to cut it down? Will it regrow if I cut it down to a stump? Tell me, is it the long, thin trunk one that you've got? Yeah, it is, mate. Okay. Yes, well, that's the Cooperite tree fern. You'll find if you cut the section off the top it, with having some of the main stem on it, cutting all the foliage off it, you can actually pop that back into the ground and it will reshoot again. But unfortunately, the stem that's left in the ground probably will not reshoot again. Oh, right, that's all right. Mm. So, right, so I'll just pull that, pull the stump out and just replant the top yeah, back in. that's right. But you must cut all the foliage off because you've got, virtually got to start from scratch again. Right, All right. Thank you, Dave. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Okay, bye-bye now. Thank you very much, Greg. And um, 27 minutes past 12. We seem to have uh, exhausted everybody's calls right at the moment. All lines are free if you've been waiting to ring up. 49216216 is the number. 
Um, but just a couple of little jobs we should be doing this week, David. Mowing lawns, perhaps, Bill? <laughs> lawns. Yeah, when you can get on, yes. I suppose, that's that's the thing to do. Yeah, mm. uh, sometimes a couple of times a week. Yes, I it imagine. is. I'm actually yeah. finding with most of the people I'm speaking to that, yes, they are actually mowing their lawns <laughs> twice a week to keep them <laughs> under the control. Because remembering if we um, if we mow it, leave our lawn too long, it gets long, and then we cut it, and then it's all brown underneath. So it's often yeah. wise to try and keep it down as much as we possibly can. So, right. So, yes, twice a week, still at the moment, okay. until the weather cools down, and perhaps then that the lawn may slow up. But remembering also, considering it's still growing fast... Still don't, I mean, don't stop fertilising it because it's growing really long and spindly, so it's not, yeah. you're still getting thick. So it's still wise to feed the lawn as well, uh, just to keep it nice and strong. And also, too, I've been mentioning to people to lime it because we've had so much rain, it leaches a lot of things out, makes the soil very sour. So even if you did it in springtime, it might pay you probably just to give it another dusting of lime just to sweeten the soil, and that in itself will um, green it up for you as well. So, Okay. Wise words there. 49216216 is our number. Give us a call if you've got any gardening questions on 2NURFM 103.7. We've got Elizabeth from Fletcher. Hello, Elizabeth. Um, good, after- oh, good morning, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Just a bit lost in the time. David, I'm wondering <laughs> if you can give me some advice on bamboo roots. Yes. Um, I have tried cutting the bamboo out, but the roots... Uh, keep growing and they're pushing on retaining walls and causing me some damage. I'm really not sure how to get rid of it. Only by digging them out. Digging them out. That's the only way you'll ever get bamboo roots out because unfortunately um, obviously they're the running bamboo. Uh, It will continue to grow. Even if you leave a small section of the root in there, it will just continue to grow. So whether you wait until the actual root shoots and then you can just use some glyphosate on it, zero or roundup, uh, or else pull it out. So that's the only method of getting rid of bamboo roots. Okay. Well, that doesn't help me because <laughs> actually runners are coming uh, through from my neighbours. Oh, okay. Cutting those down, and I don't want to upset the neighbours by using um, the zero so, or yes. anything. But I've cut down, but they're just pushing on the retaining wall. So I was wondering if there was anything, you know, that I could do without killing the plant on them. Not really, because regardless of, I mean, using any chemical, it will have some effect on the bamboo, whether it creates it to lose more foliage than what it normally does, um, or else, you know, just go back into the system and kill the plant outright. But, I mean, normally with uh, any of those glyphosate products, they're not strong enough, basically, sometimes to do that. But the more you do it, yes, the more it will affect the bamboo. Oh, okay then. Well, thank you very much for your help. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. And unfortunately, a little bit of work to do there. Yes, bamboo is a problem. Of course, these days, Phil, we can get clumping bamboos, which Mm. don't cause all these problems, but certainly the old-fashioned running bamboo, wherever there's a spot that it can run, it will run and just shoot up again time and and time again. There's so much of it around, particularly in the older suburbs. Yes, that's right. Okay, uh, to John now in Warners Bay. Hello, John. How are you, David? Thank you. Listen, I I don't really think I've got a problem, but some people might be interested Mm -hmm. in what I've got to say. For years I've been growing pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Well, two years ago I had butternut and jap just alongside one another, and I kept the seeds. Well, last year... I had pumpkins all shapes and sizes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this year I've cut 
to pump in not a seed in them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they've obviously cross-pollinated so much that they haven't produced a seed for this year. I thought I might have introduced <laughs> a seedless pumpkin. <laughs> well, in itself, that probably would be good because, I mean, in one way, of course, but then, of course, we can't produce um, more pumpkins without the seeds. So. Uh, just one crossed too many, I suppose. I, w- I would think so. I think that's what's happened, John. Yes, it's just yeah. crossed too many times. So so tell me, what is the what do the pumpkins look like this year? Well, they're all shapes and so on. Oh, they're, so they're all still shapes and sizes. Okay. Different colours. So they're still okay to eat and they oh, still... They're hard, they're hard as a rock. Oh, they're okay. Beautiful. Right, okay. Oh, so they're good keeping pumpkins then yeah, in that case. Yes, they keep right through. Yes. All and right, so you've got nothing to go on for next year then now. Oh, well, I've only, I've only cut two yet. Oh, okay, so, all right. I think there's about 20 down this year. Yes, right. Oh, well, you may be lucky to find some more seeds ready for next year again. Yeah. But another little thing. Yes. On the cucumbers. Yes. Lady, be- lady beetle, vo- they were there by the thousands, mm-hmm. the lava of them. Oh, yes, yes. They just took all the colour out of the leaves. Yes, they do, yes. Yeah. I, I always thought ladybirds were good little insects. No, there are some bad ones amongst them, but it's <laughs> trying to distinguish which are the good and which are the bad, which is yeah. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I found out. Yes. All right, thank you for sharing with that that with us, John. You're all right, mate. Okay, talk to you again. Bye-bye. Yes, thank you, John. You, do you have to... Is it something about counting the number of oh, dots? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that, Phil. <laughs> I've got it in my notes somewhere, which is the good and the bad. Now don't, we might even have a phone call now telling us which is the yeah, good and the bad. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but when you've got time to sit there and count them? Yes, my goodness. I know. Okay, they're doing a lot of gardening up in Corlett today, David. Oh. We've got uh, Ray from Corlett on the line now. Hello, Ray. I don't know about doing gardening at Corlett, but we're sitting here watching the garden. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I have a question. The uh, fig trees, I have two black Genoa figs. Mm-hmm. One is, uh, I put in last year at a spot I wish to grow one, and it's lush and green and growing beautifully. The other one is a year older, or 18 months older, um, and it, uh, last year it was growing beautifully and it, it fruited, and this year it's fruiting, but it seems to have a black, not a black, a brown spot on the leaves. That seems to grow until the whole leaf has died. Okay. There's still other leaves coming on, but it's not as lush looking as the uh, as the newer one. Mm-hmm. Even the newer ones in a you know twenty thirty metres away. Yes. From it. Yes. No, well, look, certainly this uh, this season, as you know, I, I sound like a broken record in mentioning fungal diseases, and I mm, basically mm. have to come back to that again, particularly when it starts as a spot and eventually spreads over the other part of the foliage. Mm. Certainly, it would be probably a fungal yeah. disease. It probably would pay you to um, just spray your figs, not only the one that's got it, but certainly the one that hasn't got it in case it mm. moves across, just with some mancozeb. And eh? even if you just water some of that into the ground as well so that well, it gets down into the root system. Yeah. All right. Okay. I thought it might have been uh, um, a treatment for pestol, but that didn't seem to do any good. No, because, it, because it, I mean, to, for pestol it's an insect spray, yeah. so you'd have yeah. to literally see something crawling yeah. on the yeah. leaf. Yeah. Mm. All right, I shall give me because there they go. Very good. Thank Thanks, you very Dave. much, Ray. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Ray. Uh, David, our next caller is from Rutherford, which reminds me I was, um, I've been meaning to say for a long time, the, uh, the lights seem to have been out 
in the intersect at the intersection of New England Highway and John Street in Rutherford, um, causing problems in both directions, all four directions, in fact, has seemed to have been out for quite a long time. So if you're driving around that way, just be very careful. Um, <clears throat> okay, let, back to Rutherford. Let's say hello to Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Oh, hi. How are you, David? Good, thank you. Um, I've got a question about my mandarin tree. Yes. <laughs> um, it's probably been there about 20 years, I think, been there since we moved in. Um, and I noticed this year it's actually got the fruit on it already and they're, they're sort of starting to ripen, but they're only very small. They're actually all falling off, so I'm, I'm thinking it's much too early for it to have... Well, look, it is. I mean, basically, because of the strange weather that we've been getting, there's a lot of things that are right out of whack with any, whether it be flowering or fruiting. And obviously, this has happened with your mandarin because it's actually flowered very early and cropped. And of course, thinking it's probably in going into the winter season because our temperatures have been so low. So unfortunately, the, you may find that that may be the crop for the season, but then again, you may uh-huh. be lucky and it may reflower again once the weather cools once again for autumn, and it may crop during the winter once again for you. So there's no telling what it might do, might do for you. Oh, okay, yeah, just that they're, main, they're falling off now and I'm, they're sort of green. I'm thinking, dude, there's not going to be much left by the time. No, no, well, yeah, certainly again, the yeah. weather has a lot to do with this, unfortunately, and, of course, with citrus also, they don't like a terrible lot of wet weather or, or wet feet, and, of course, we've had so much oh. rain, which causes so many problems in the garden. Okay, so it's purely a seasonal thing. It is. It, it's, it purely, it's hopefully the seasons will sort themselves out by the time we get back into autumn again. Not that I'm complaining about the cool No, of course, nobody's complaining, (laughs) particularly us not complaining, but unfortunately it plays havoc with our gardens. Yes, yes. Okay, that's great. I just wondered, so I thought that was it, but yeah, I just needed an expert opinion. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah, we've been talking about this um, problem with, with... sort of seasonality problems Mm. I I was going through some of the native orchids in just in the bottom of my shade house and there are a couple that are flowering and they normally flower in spring yes that's yeah really really weird I mean we've got we've we actually had picked a flower off a sasanqua camellia in our garden at work during the week and I mean they don't flower to (laughs) autumn And we're still in the middle of summer. Middle of summer. Yes. Yep. Strange yes. doings. Okay, next on the line, it's Phil from Dudley. Hello, Phil. G'day, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Look, uh, a passion fruit. It's a new vine, probably a year old. We've got about 40 fruit off it. It's growing well. There's new flowers back on it, but old growth, it leaves are dying. Okay. Uh, it, uh, the older leaves on a passion fruit will always die to make way for all the young growth okay. that it's getting. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's only if you're, the, the dying of the foliage continues right up to the new foliage, which it shouldn't do. Uh, the uh, new but, foliage is quite good. Yeah, well, that's okay yeah. because all the energy is going to the fruit, the flowers, and the new foliage. So the older right. foliage will always tend to suffer. Okay, just one more thing, David, mm-hmm. while you're there, mate. Uh, pastoral scale in citrus trees? Well, it is. I mean, oil is a great product for preventing insect and scale, but it's not used if you've got scale really bad. Now, if you've got scale really bad on citrus trees, you're probably better to go to the other one that I mentioned, which is the Malascale or Anti-Scale. Now, they have the same product, by the way, only two different manufacturers. So it could be Malascale or Anti-Scale. All right. 
right. Okay. Well, thanks for that, David. You're welcome, Phil. Thank you. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Back to taking your calls on Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. And on the line, David, we've got Barry from Curry. Hello, Barry. Hey, mate. How are you? Oh, not too bad, mate. I rang up last week about this Bardos tree. That's exactly right. Okay, so I've actually researched that for you. And it actually belongs to the poinsettia family. So it is very, very similar to a poinsettia. Actually, it has a wide range of different names. So, but the most common one is a poinciana. So we don't see a lot of those down this far. What, was, what did you actually want to know about it, Barry? Well, mainly what type of fruit it was. Yes. And... Uh the best time when to plant the seeds for it? Well, the seeds, the seeds you'd be planting in springtime. So it would actually give seed off it during the summer months. So you collect those seeds, you dry them, and then you pop them back into the ground during the springtime so you get them to germinate. It's not a tree that's not widely grown much down in this area, but certainly you could try and grow it from the seed in springtime. Right, thank you, Sire. You're welcome. You have a nice day. Thank you very much, Barry. Bye-bye now. Okay, buddy. Bye. Thank you, Barry. And um, let's say hello now to Fran. Fran's from Brankston. Hello, Fran. Uh, hello, David. How are you? Uh, good, thank you. What can I do for you? I've got two uh, indoor plants. I think they're called peace uh, lily. Yes, that's the Madonna lily. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're um, in big pots inside. And the plant is nearly, the plants are nearly about a metre high now. Mm-hmm. Which very big leaves, but uh, at the bottom it forms uh, where some of the uh, branches have been, or uh, they're nearly like branches, uh, like a, uh, a trunk nearly, which means that I can't add any more soil in the pot. Uh, they tend to topple over. Can I cut them off and start them off again? No, you can't, because with Madonna lilies you would need to actually break the uh, plant apart, which is something I normally don't recommend to do because often it goes back instead of forward. The only thing you're going to be able to do, Fran, is actually to put them into something a bit bigger, if that's possible. <laughs> but I, um, obviously they're quite large at the moment. So. Yes. Uh, the pot are nearly oh, well, 30 centimetres yes. high and uh, ne- not quite, but nearly... 50 centimetre across the top. The only other thing, Fran, that you could try doing is just getting some thin bamboo stakes and sticking those down into the pot and just um, tying up a few of the leaves itself so it actually stabilises the plant a little better than what's happening. Yeah, I've done that already. I've I've seen that done. But that would be my only other suggestion. But certainly, no, they won't grow just from cutting the, um, the foliage off. It won't grow just from that foliage. Oh, uh, and even if I cut that brown part or anything like that, it won't start again? Uh, no, no. The, cutting the brown part off is the part that's probably rotting away just um, from that description, so that would need to be cut off anyway because otherwise that will continue to just grow and die through the rest of the plant. So if you can cut any dead sections out or brown sections uh, and just, as I said, stake up just the occasional leaf to just give it some... Um, form of stable habit again for you. Right. All right. Keep growing, I don't know. Yeah, well, you must have it in a great spot for it to be that big and last that long. Well, yes, they're near, uh, both of them are near uh, fairly big windows. Yes. And they've had flowers. 
on them yes. as well. Oh, well, they're giving you lots of pleasure then in that case. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, Fran. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you very much, Fran. Um, next person we say hello to is Des from Warrabrook. Hello, Des. Thank you, David. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Just a couple of quick questions. One on the azaleas, the um, preparation of the dirt. Uh, I'm looking for something to make the ground a bit more acidic. Right. I'm just trying to find out, um, uh, you know, which one is the, the right one. Well, the only thing you can do to bring the soil pH back is uh, you need to add sulphur to the ground. It does it very gradually. Uh, so you need to do quite a few applications of that, depending on what sort of acidity you want in the ground. To raise the pH of the ground, it's just a matter of adding some lime, which will do that for you. And a lot of compost and things will add it, will raise it slightly. But to reduce it, you've got to get yourself some sulphur and just go strictly according to the directions. Okay. Yeah, well, honest, I've got a bag of lime here. I was going to put it in my veggie garden. It says... Avoid use of lime near acid-loving plants such as azaleas and camellias. That's right. Well, you don't want to add lime to the area because that's going to raise it, but you want it to reduce the acidity. No, no, no. no. I want to raise the acidity level, to raise it. To grow azaleas and camellias? Yeah. Is that, well, can you tell me what the, the level is of the um, soil? No, I can't. No, because if you go ra- putting lime on that, will raise it too much and you won't find that the azaleas will grow in that area because you need acid soil for azaleas. And the sulphur makes the acid, is that right? The sulphur brings it back further. So until you actually know exactly what that pH of that soil is, I wouldn't do anything with it. So you need to find out firstly what the acidity is or what the pH reading is. And how do you do that? You take a sample of that to your nursery and they normally will test it for you and give you the the reading. Or else you can buy pH testing kits, which you can do that at home yourself. Oh, okay. Thanks very much. Now, the second second thing, on the veggie garden, I'm just uh, preparing it for the winter stuff. I've got uh, a heap of compost, I've got a couple of bags of cow manure, and I was going to throw a bag of lime in that. Well, that's fine. I mean, certainly for any new crop of vegetables that you put in, it's generally recommended that you give it a dusting of lime because that sweetens the soil ready for your vegetables to go into. Right. Okay, then, thank right. you very much. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Des. Uh, to Raymond Terrace, where Robert's waiting on the line. Hello, Robert. Hello, David. Yes. You. Good, thank you. A nice, fine, sunny day. It is here. lovely, yes. Uh, mango tree, David. Yes. What time would you prune that and how far... How severely would you prune? Okay. Well, in your area, Raymond Terrace, which is a little bit on the cold side, you would leave that probably until around about October because you need to get over the winter months. So why we do it so late in that area is because, once again, as I said, we get over the winter months and then we're doing it that early in in contradiction there because we need the rest of the season for it to grow back in. So you would do it in October. But also, too, Robert, if you do do it in October, you may miss that season of flowering and fruiting. Oh, yes. Depending yes. on how much you're going to take off. Now, just a little bit of discretion with how much you take off because with mangoes, you can prune them severely. But mm. remembering the harder you prune them, the longer they're going to take to come back. So normally it's just a procedure of trying to put it into some sort of reasonable shape when you do prune it back. Oh, yes, yes. Like a 
take All right. a lot out of the middle, I guess. You can take se- a section out of the middle to let the sun into the middle of the tree, but once again, it's not necessary to do that with mangoes. For a lot of other fruiting trees, but not really necessary for mangoes. Oh, yes. Okay. And I've had a few uh, fruit on this season, but uh, a, lot of it, a lot of it has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Would that well, be because it's been so wet. That's exactly right and particularly too because it's a tropical plant so therefore it's Mm. it's needing the warmth um, and the sunlight to actually keep the fruit coming out. Oh yes, yes. Yes. I see. Yeah and uh, just another thing too David, um, in in the lawn there's a lot of this um, star weed or whatever you call it. Yes. Swamp weed or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, A lot of fellows are having trouble getting rid of it but uh, I've had quite a bit of success with uh, a mixture of sulphate of ammonia and water. Mm-hmm. And you just, what do you do with that, Robert? Dissolve the sulphate of ammonia in about a kilo in about uh, five litres of water, yes. or less, four mm-hmm. litres of water, and uh, spray it on with a pressure sprayer. Yes. Now, tell me, you're just spraying the individual weeds there? You're not spraying yeah. the lawn, or...? Quite a bit of it goes on the lawn. But, and does, uh, does it affect the lawn in any way? Um, it may send the grass a bit yellow right. for a little while, but a couple of weeks later it comes as okay. green as green. All right. Well, that's great. Okay, well, that's good news because, I mean, that's uh, probably could be used on any weed that's in the lawn yes, uh, rather than... Leaf. Yes, But uh, I was just wondering if some of the callers are still having trouble getting rid of it. Yes. That is a... A possibility. All right. Well, that's great news. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Especially on a hot, sunny day where the sun will burn it. Yes, we'll activate it more quicker. Yes. That's right, yes. All right. Thank you, Robert. And thank you for your uh, advice on the mango. Oh, that's my pleasure. Good. Okay. Bye-bye now. Thank you, Robert. And uh, last caller before we go to the news at one, Sheila from East Maitland. Hello, Sheila. Hello, David. How are you today? Good, thank you. Very warm. Too hot to be in the garden today. Is it? <laughs> yes. It's very humid. I know that. It is. What I'm bringing you for, I've got a lily in my garden that came from my mother over 20 years ago, mm. and I call it a poppernex lily. Oh. Have you ever heard of it? No, I've not heard of that one. It's not an elephant's ears. But it comes out in a big green leaf, yes. and then it comes out in a stamen with the most beautiful perfume on it. Oh, okay. So I don't know what it is. I, I would have it. to probably see a photograph or something oh, from right, it. Oh, right, yeah. So if there's any way you can arrange that to get that to me, I'd oh, see right. what I could do. Yeah, because they come up everywhere, and okay. everybody wants a bit of them, sort of Yes, thing, no, I'm well, certainly once I get a photograph, we, oh, I could right. see what I could do as far as... Um, what it is and what you can do with propagation. I don't want to lose them, sort of thing. No, no. Uh, something's eating them, and I've put snail bait around. Right. But I don't know whether that's that, or should I spray it with something? Wouldn't hurt to just spray it with any general insecticide, and that should get rid of anything that's munching on it as well. Oh, right, because once you put the flowers inside, the perfume is beautiful. Yes. All so, right. All right. See if you can get a photo, too. I'll take a photo, then. Okay. Thanks, David. Have a well, good day. You too, Sheila. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Sheila. Yeah, a few little um, enigmas there, David, that yes. we, we need to sort out, but that's what makes gardening yeah, great sometimes does, too, yes. isn't it? All those interesting things that uh, that we can grow. And we all, um, I, we, we take a bit of pleasure, I think, growing things out of the area that they should be grown mm, in, like growing like those tropical things down here <laughs> and everything. But, uh, yeah, it's good good to know that, that there are ways that you can make that work. Well, particularly up in areas like Raymond Terrace yeah, as well, so... Yeah.
That's great. Excellent. 49216216 is our number. David's here for another 20 minutes to uh, talk to you on the phone, 49216216. Well, David, um, you've been for a little bit of a walk I warm have. outside. Yes, yesterday. it is. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're nice and uh, cool here in the <laughs> air-conditioned studio, and uh, we've got people waiting on the phone. Okay. Shall we say hello? Let's say hello to Gillian from uh, Woongarra. Good afternoon, Gillian. Oh, good afternoon, David. I'm having a problem with my citrus trees. Mm-hmm. Beef curl. I've done eco oil on them, and there's still new shoots are coming through after being sprayed and still with leaf curl. Okay. Well, first of all, with citrus leaf miner, before you actually spray anything on them, you've got to cut the young foliage off because it, it, you leave so much disease on there. And being an eco product, yeah. it can't control that very, very quickly. So you need to, first of all, go over the tree and trim all the young foliage off, pop that in a plastic bag, seal it and throw it away. Yeah. And then you need to spray it. You can use the eco oil or pest oil. Yeah. But you need to then do that 14 days later, exactly the same procedure, yep. and then 14 days later once again. So you actually break the life cycle of the citrus leaf miner. Oh, right. That's what I'm doing wrong. I'm not taking the foliage off. No, and so you're leaving all those insects there. And basically the eco products or the eco oils are designed to put a film over the leaf. So therefore the bug can't enter that leaf, but you're actually trapping the bug still underneath the leaf. So that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Well, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Many thanks, Gillian. Our next caller is Nama from Hillsborough. Hello, Nama. Hi, how are you going, Good, David? thank you. Um, just the other week, uh, my mum was listening to the Talkback Radio uh, and somebody mentioned a plant called Kumpf. Now, I was just wondering, have you heard of this plant? Say that again. Kumpf. No, I haven't. It was mentioned on my program, was it? No, it was um, one of the late-night talkback radio. Oh, okay, okay. No, well, I haven't heard of that. Once again, if you wanted me to find out something about it, I would have to actually write it down and put a little bit of research into it. it I don't be... know anything about it myself okay. either. Um, yeah, it's just since then um, uh, a lot of people have been talking about it and they're actually interested in finding it, where oh, you see. get it from. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, th- yeah. I thought it might have been comfrey, but if people oh, are okay. talking about it yes. as comf, then that's different. Yeah, okay. that's different again, um, yes. My mum just yelled out that it is called comfrey. What actually is it? Oh, comfrey. Well, it's, so it is comfrey. That's a herb. It's a medicinal herb. So yes. you can actually buy that in most garden centres. Um, so you it, sell it there at your nursery? Well, I only found some yesterday. I actually had someone ring about it and didn't think I had any until I went and looked. So I do actually have a few comfreys there, and it's right. basically used as a ground cover and it's mostly been used for a cattle medicinary purposes so I don't know what sort of properties it would have as far as us humans go but certainly a lot of uh, people that own horses used to use the comfrey for medicinal purposes. Well apparently what they were talking about is it's supposed to help with arthritic conditions. Oh okay. Yeah, um, but I, I didn't hear the program myself. Yes, I'm not going to comment on that because, as I said, I would have to do more research. I mean, there is certainly another herb out that's used for arthritic problems, and that's just the arthritis plant, um, which you find is gotacola, which, you know, you'll find in most garden centres as well. 
Oh, so you do have that one as well? As well, yes, yes. I guess I'll have to take a trip out with my mum to find it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Thanks then. very much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Nama. Um, 14 minutes past one and uh, lines are free at the moment. 49216216 is the number. 49216216. On the line now, David, we've got Pat from Budgiewoy. Hello, Pat. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. We've got uh, an orange tree and a grafted lemon tree. They both have fruit on them, but they're not ripening. They're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, would there be a reason for that? Uh, only the weather, once again. The, it all comes down to the weather at the moment because right. with citrus, they're normally a winter fruiting thing. So mm-hmm. therefore, I mean, certainly you can uh, quicken the process up. You could try and quicken the process up just by getting some of your liquid potash and that's the one yep. you dilute down and water around the trees and that sometimes will help the quality of the fruit and perhaps quicken the process up slightly for you oh, as well. Oh, right, okay, yep. Okay, I have put um, powdered potash down and watered it in. You could try just the liquid potash. It just gives a bit more instant result than what the powdered one does. Okay, so they'll sit there and then just ripen in their own time. You should do, yes. Yep, okay then. All right. Good, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you very much, Pat. Um, Next on the line, it's Rhea from Nord's Wolf. Hello, Rhea. How are you going? Good, thank you. I've just had um, all different varieties of frangipanis through my yard, and I'm a real tropical garden person. And I was just wondering, um, none of my flower, uh, my frangipanis, flowered this year. Mm-hmm. We need sunny days and we need heat to bring things like that up because there are are tropical things. So, I mean, yes, look, certainly some areas may, you may see them in flower because they may be forming a microclimate where they might be beside a building or something like that. But yes, I mean, look, it's just due to the weather. We we certainly, for things like frangipanis, need a certain amount of good sunny days to actually bring the flowers out. So this is probably um, a very big part of the problem with, with yours. I've missed out my flower this You year. probably have because, I mean, our, our summer has been very mild. It hasn't by, been warm at all, really. Yeah. Uh, it's been humid, but certainly also we've had very lack of sunny days. So that has a lot to do with it. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, okay bye. bye. Well, there we go, David. Two calls, pretty much yes. weather. Weather, um, yes. I yeah. know it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's such an unusual yep. um, sort of climate we've yep. got at the moment isn't it and um, there's is as you say nothing we can do about no, it there's certainly not hang and on i mean like i i wouldn't even like to predict what we may be going to get in the autumn i no, think it's just a matter no. of wait and see that's right who knows yeah you just got to wait for uh, the what is it southern oscillation index to <laughs> to come back in in our direction um i'm not exactly sure who we've got on the line here at the moment david so we'll just say uh, hello you're talking to david how are you? Hello, good, thanks, Sam. Um, David, I put eight Lysianthus plants in the other day, yes. and they all had uh, three or four white flowers on them. Uh, they're slowly dying off. They're not healthy at all. I don't know whether I made the mistake of buying them with the flower on, or perhaps I should have brought them just the plain plant and let them flower later on when they've taken hold. Look, I... I I won't keep Lysianthus, to be honest with you, in the nursery because one thing that they literally hate is humid weather. Really? 
they absolutely hate humid weather. And if that soil around them is kept a little bit moist, it will just set them off overnight. And they just basically all collapse, and that's the end of your lisianthus. They like it nice and dry, and they don't like it so humid. So that's possibly what's killed them. As I said, I, I won't keep them in the nursery because I guarantee if I get them in, if I don't sell them in that day that they come in, I'm bound to actually lose them the um, following days. So yeah, I'd never seen them uh, before and they look such a lovely plant that yes. I thought I'd give them a go. They're, they're beautiful. They're, look, they are magnificent. They are a beautiful looking thing but they are so temperamental to grow. Most of the time lisianthus normally have to be grown in glasshouse conditions so sure. they're out of the, the weather, particularly the rain because that's one thing that upsets them and as I said the humidity combined with the wet weather is just asking for trouble for All them. Right, looks like I'll be looking for something to replace. <laughs> Thanks for your help. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you very much for that, Sam. Um, next on the line, Thelma from Mount Hutton. Hello, Thelma. Hi. What can, I, do, what can I do for you? Um, I would like your opinion on a, a ground cover mm -hmm. that gets full sun. Well, look, certainly any ground cover that grows in full sun will consist of all your native ground covers, all your grevillea ground covers. Um, there are others like, um, the, or let me just think, some of your scabiolas, which are native as well. So I'm actually picking on native. So anything that's native will take this sunny position, but more so if it's an area that, that probably doesn't get looked after too well, grevilleas are great to grow in this sort of area. Are they? I thought they were more of a tree. No, no, as you get as ground covers as well. So if you just go into one of your local nurseries, they should have a range of grevillea ground covers. And perhaps while you're there, they'll show you other ground covers that will be suitable as well. Verbenas are another one. Verbenas are great because they come out in different coloured flowers. You can get all different um, range of colours in those and they um, grow well in the sun as well for you. How do you spell that? Verbena is spelled V-E-R-B-E-N-A. Okay, and I live at Manhattan. Mm. Can you tell me where my nearest nursery is? Well, there, I mean, of course, certainly I would have to say that Walls End would be fairly close to you. Uh, that's yeah. on the corner of Crowdus and Lake Road, Walls End. Crowdus and Lake. Okay, I'll go there and have a look. Very good. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Thelma. Uh, to Nelson Bay, where Colleen's waiting on the line. Hello, Colleen. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I've got a Fraser Island creeper or vine. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of them? No, but you can tell me about it if you like. And I've got it in a pot right. and it was growing up a trellis facing the west. Mm -hmm. And um, the bottom two-thirds is very healthy and doing lovely and then it gets new tendrils going up. And all the little leaves are rolling up and falling off. Okay, well, it may it's have a problem. Yes, it may have a problem with those leaves. So, I mean, I would normally have to see a leaf to see whether there was a problem there. I would they feel brittle, okay. brittly. I, what I would suggest, Colleen, that you just trim those dead sections out and that way you'll probably find it will reshoot and give you more growth again. Right. So just, tri just trim all the, the young section off that's looking a bit dead and horrible. And then that way it may shoot away again and give you some more new growth. All right, then. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Colleen. Bye-bye. Thank you, Colleen. Um, we've got Louise from Cameron Park next. Hello, Louise. Oh, hi, David. How are you going? Good, thank you. Um, look, I've got three quick questions and one about the um, 
I've just planted a Japanese bamboo, a Chinese bamboo, mm-hmm. and I think I picked, I got it off another house that had a runner on it. Now that would be the same as what the other lady was talking about. Uh, you mean the running bamboo? Well, I don't know the name. So, of it. Um, so the just... pl- the plant that you got it off. Was it a? Was it a? Um, did it cover a big area, or, or did it just have one main root system? Oh no, they used to come keep coming out. Okay, everywhere. well that's the running bamboo, which is the invasive one. So be oh, very, no, very careful. I dig that one out then. <laughs> Not a problem. Okay. Unless you put what it in a look, it sprays well in a pot. So if you've got yes. a nice pot, pop it I in a pot. I just loved it because the foliage looks yes. so dainty and and oh. I'd put so, it in a pot to yes, be on the I'd, safe that's, side. Yes, I'm, I'm, that's <laughs> definitely this afternoon before the rain comes tomorrow. Right. I'll be getting it out. And the other thing is you've probably um, heard a lot of it, but, yeah, all my pumpkins keep dropping off. Now, the thing I'm asking is, is it should I pull them all out? <coughs> Excuse me. Should I pull them all out, or are they too... Is this too late to set? Because I've got another... I must have 15 I've lost, and I've got another four on there. They're the size of a tennis ball, but... I'll go down probably after three days' rain and they'll have all dropped off. Yeah, because it's just too wet for them. I mean, pumpkins like it nice and dry, and that's why they're falling off. Yeah, is it too late for them to set? Oh, it's too late for them to set more flowers and fruit, yes, because they should have the fruit on them for this time of the year. Um, And then, of course, once they're ready, they will detach themselves from the plant. But certainly yours are falling off much too early due to all the really wet, um, uh, humid weather, yes. Oh, well, that looks like I'll I'll, um, I'll, um, pull those out as well. Okay, now, one more question. I've got... um, in the front of my house, it faces like it's sun all day, and I've got a garden about six foot long, about two and a half foot wide. Now, it's clay, and I've dug down four feet. I've um, put gypsum in there, and I've put rocks and sand and a really good potting mix, and it's still getting quite damp, and I'd like two shrubs of medium height um, to four foot max that will handle wet feet. hmm Okay, well, probably the best best one to grow in a a wet sort of area are bottle brushes. They love wet feet, or they will take wet feet. So, and you can get those in a a range of uh, different shapes and sizes and heights. So that would probably be one that I would certainly uh, suggest that you grow or try to grow. Like a dwarf one? Yeah, that's right, yes. Yep, okay then. So they'll definitely handle all those They'll they'll handle the, the full sun and they'll also handle wet feet. Well, you've answered my three questions. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure, Louise. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Thank you very much, Louise. Yep, well, you know, David's like that. He's got the answer to, well, most questions. I'd I'd even go so far as to say all gardening questions. Let's see what uh, Nancy from Windermere Park can throw at you, David. Hello, Nancy. (laughs) Hello, David. Yes, I was just wondering if you wanted some more information about comfrey or whether somebody's already beaten me to it. No, certainly not. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, in this uh, herbal book I have, uh, they say it was uh, very widely used until the 1980s, internally as well as externally, but um, nowadays they only recommend it for external use. Uh, This is is on people, not... um, not On people, yes. yes. Um, apparently it has the potential for liver damage if it's taken internally. Mm. Um, but it has great uh, skin healing uh, properties, apparently, so it is good for that sort of thing, but not for anything internal. Okay, so tell me, do they give you instructions of um, how to use the comfrey as far as externally? What do you do with the comfrey leaf or anything? 
Yes, you can um, powder the root apparently and use it uh, dry on cuts, or you can make a paste from the powdered root. Oh, okay, so that's the root system that's used, not the actual leaf. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the root that they use apparently. Okay, now that's great. I thought the lady might be interested to find out about it. Well, certainly, hopefully, she still is listening. And I mean, no doubt she's coming in to see the, the, to get some comfrey, and she's also going to look at the arthritis plans, which was the the thing that she was more so concerned with, which was arthritis. So it gives no instructions there as far as to use for arthritis. No, apparently it's the same um, family member as Borage and Forget Me Not. Oh yes, okay, yes. Yes. Mm. All right, look, that's that's really great. Thank you, Nancy, for sharing that with us. You're welcome, David. All right. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much, Nancy. Um, next on the line, and I think, in fact, our last caller for today, it's Harry, Harry from Abermain. Hello, Harry. Good afternoon, David and Phil. Thank you for taking my call so late in the That's in all right. David, I have some white chrysanthemums growing. Mm. They're almost a metre high and they're very, very straggly at the moment because of so much rain that we've had. Should I cut them back and buy how much? I would cut them back, as I normally do suggest with chrysanthemums, to basically nearly cut them right back to the ground. They will all then shoot, reshoot again and give you much stronger stems so you'll get a much better looking plant ready for May again. That's the answer I needed, and I thank you very much indeed. For You're welcome, Harry. Your information. Okay, bye, bye for now. Thank you very much, Harry. We might just uh, see if we can sneak in Wendy from Maitland as the last caller, David. Hello, Wendy. Hello, how are you, David? Good, thank you. I just want to ask you, we've just got two pots that we've taken some old trees out that have been there for 100 years, not quite that long. Um, we just want to put two fruit trees in. Is there, should, is there any particular ones we should buy, or should we get a miniature ones? Or well, look, what? certainly, certainly these days, Wendy, there are so many miniatures in the fruit trees. You've got a full yep. range of citrus trees, which are all now yep. in mini growers, and also right. a lot of your uh, apples are in mini growers. Most of the um, the apples and, and peaches and nectarines yes. will all come in from around about June, July, but certainly the yes. citrus should be available all year round. Okay, and you suggest I get miniature because they're, they're not real big pots? That's right, because they're more yes. suitable for growing in pots and they stay a little bit on the smallish side. Okay, then. Thank you very much, David. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much indeed, Wendy. Well, David... A um, lot of calls today. First, yes, I've actually gone over my page. Today, I was just going to say it's my first day for for two <laughs> columns for a long time. A lot of people, and we're getting through the calls there. So, um, yeah, helping a lot of people, which is good. Now, speaking of next Monday, yes. David, um, I won't off. be here. Yes, I yep. won't be here. I actually finished today for a couple of weeks. Oh, so have a good holiday. Thank you very much. Uh, as people say, not again. Um, but yes, I am going again. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> so yes, Mal. Now Mal is a new guy that we're going to try mm-hmm. this time. And now Mal actually um, runs a nursery in Singleton. This is Mal McKinley. Yes, it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Mal will be in next Monday to oh, take my be place. Nice. We'll look to someone different. Mal. Yeah. So he will do very, very well. So have a good week next week with him, Phil. We will, and you have a good holiday. Thank you very much, and good gardening, everyone.